Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this your boy Frank Gore. You li- I'm listening to a 49 er rush. Niners all day. That's Brain Sits Home, baby. Let's go. I love it, man. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And man, if you missed the intro when we're finished streaming, please go back and listen. Um, The idea of having Frank Gore introduce this episode this week is awesome. And uh, if you were one of the lucky few ones to meet up with us uh, in South Beach, Miami for Super Bowl weekend and hang out and party with Frank Gore, that was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Awesome guy. And man, the 49ers get to go against this guy this week. Uh, He's going to be starting against us. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Jets on our next episode. They got a lot of 49ers news to get into. Right off the bat, Richard Sherman. You know, (laughs) I'm in the middle of class, and my phone is blowing up. So I just turn my phone over and throw it away from me because it's distracting me. Sure enough, I go pick up the phone. Richard Sherman's on IR. Um So we're going to talk about that. We're going to hear Kyle Shanahan talk about that. We're going to go over all the different roster moves because we've got a lot of bad injury (laughs) going on. The 49ers hit this every year. Every single NFL team does. Just seems like the 49ers are hitting it to start the season. But we also got some good injury updates. And we're going to share some of those and what happened with practice today and what things look like for week two. So we're going to go over that. All the different roster moves as new practice squad players. Um... Practice squad players getting promoted to the active roster. Already upset uh, about that one, but that's okay. We'll talk about that and what that looks like. And also, shoot, new signings. Uh, That's huge. Not just to the practice squad, 
we have a new signing to the active roster, uh, the 53, which I think is going to be very, very important moving forward. We're going to talk some bets, and we're going to go over defensive grades. We've got a lot of stuff going on, and we have a pretty awesome origin story for welcoming in um, somebody into the faithful this week that we're going to be sharing as well. So I want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, if this is your first time, just want to say welcome to the 49ers Rush. Um, as always, hit subscribe, hit that notification bell, join us. Shout out to the Countdown crew showing up in Mass Effect this morning uh i guess not this morning i am drinking coffee still but it is 4 p.m <laughs> pacific time it is way past morning so richard sherman um definitely one of the captains of this team one of the better corner prospects uh you know players in the entire nfl we didn't even know anything was going on it, kyle shanahan didn't mention it in his post-game press conference it just kind of came out of nowhere just all of a sudden boom Richard Sherman goes to IR. So here is the head coach himself talking about the Sherman injury. Yeah, this is a big one. This one hurts. On uh, Monday, just uh, it happened like the last four plays of the game, I believe. I think Spoon came in when they were um, um, kneeling the ball. They ran it a couple times and kneeled it out. That's when Sherman was done. I think it was the series before that. Um, but it, we were still waiting to see how it felt on Monday. And um, later Monday afternoon, we found that it was hurting a little more than he expected. And... Um, Fortunately, we're able to do the IR to return, so hopefully it won't be too long. Yeah, it's a sad thing when you have to say, fortunately, it's IR to return. Now, you're hoping three weeks. So best case scenario for Richard Sherman now is he will be back once we get to week five. So he's going to miss week two, week three, week four. So that's the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles. So he's out those games no matter what now. Again, the IR rules have changed this year. You can have an unlimited amount of players return from the IR. It just means you're out three weeks. We already have Debo on there. Um, so that's a problem. So immediately, the thought is this. Oh, Richard Sherman's out. Okay, that, that that's problematic for sure. And that means it's going to be Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley. Well, not so fast. Uh, despite the fact that Akella Witherspoon only got four snaps on defense, he did get some special team snaps as well. He got a concussion, and he's in the concussion protocol now. Who knows how long that takes to clear? It's different for every individual, but you kind of have to move forward with thinking. Look. We're not going to have a Kella Witherspoon either at the cornerback position. So now you're down Richard Sherman, your number one corner. You still got Emmanuel Mosley. So then you're thinking, all right, a Kella Witherspoon, get up there. Your number three guy, he's in concussion protocol. Jason Verrett, still not practicing. He's your number four guy. All right, well, let's pull up an outside corner from the practice squad. You got Tim uh, <laughs> out there. Guess what? He's injured as well. And I, I think that this is kind of the problem you know, whenever you're talking about what's going on. Because it seems like whenever injuries happen, they just pour on. And they attack one position. The wide receivers were loaded injuries at the wide receiver position. The center position. Your number one and number two center are out. And you lost two more centers during training camp that went on IR as well. And now, cornerback, which was seen as a position of strength for this year, we don't have really anybody under term, under contract long-term at the outside corner position. And so that was going to be a problem for sure next year. But, gosh, you get hit with back-to-back-to-back-to-back corner injuries. Now that's problematic. Now the good news, and we'll talk about this next, week, uh, next episode as well, 
You're playing against the team with the worst wide receivers in the NFL. And that's saying a lot coming from a 49ers podcast right now because, gosh, we're not very far ahead of this. Now, you know, Denzel Mims, their second-round wide receiver that they drafted, he was a first-round grade for most people. He's he's not going to be playing. Jamison Crowder, their guy, their number one target, he's having hamstring issues. Don't know if he's going to be able to go this week or not. So they're having issues as well. It is possible, and we're we're going to talk about this later on, but let's just say hypothetically Brandon Ayuk doesn't play. I think he will. We'll hear Kyle talk about that in a second. But, man, this could possibly be the worst. <laughs> I, I don't even think I'm using too much exaggeration here. The worst wide receiver starting groups for two opposing teams going against each other in the history of the NFL, if not the last decade. It's that bad. It's that bad for these two teams. Um, it is, as I've heard one say before, abysmal. That's how bad it is. Uh, It's awful. Now, you know, we we talked a little bit about Ferret. We talked about Akello with the concussion. It's crazy to be in the position where you are crossing your fingers, hoping Akello Witherspoon is healthy enough to play. But that's where we are. Um, We we knew there were going to be so many soft tissue injuries this year with the, you know, rushing everybody back after COVID and no training camp or no OTAs, no minicamp, all that stuff. But golly, and if you look across the NFL, it's not just the 49ers, but the 49ers, maybe those injuries are exasperated, exasperated because they're all at the same damn positions, corners, centers, wide receivers. Now, in the past, we've had major issues, but it was all at running back, right? Uh, or defensive line or something, safeties, uh, you know, places like that. But nope, the three position groups that have been hit, and it, it's it's problematic. It, it really, really is. Now, let's look at, okay, the wide receivers, they're rough. Uh, the corners, they're rough. We'll talk about some of the new additions a little bit. But then you have George Kittle, the staple, <laughs> the stake of this offense that everything kind of runs through. He gets his knee sprain. Here is Kyle Shanahan talking about George Kittle, and not only George Kittle uh, with what his involvement is going to be this week, but if George Kittle can't go, what does that mean for Jordan Reed? Kittle, it's, you know, he's battling, you know, it's, we thought it'd be all right, you know, woke up the next day a little sore, you know, he fully expects to be there Sunday, like he always does, and just like he always plays through the game when it happens, but um, we'll give him the whole week, you know, always love to give him out there on Friday, we'll see how that goes, but, you know, Friday's just a walkthrough anyways, but um, Kittle is one guy that, uh, if he's ready to go on Sunday, and the doctors say he's good to go, uh, we have no problem with him going without practicing. And then Jordan, Jordan's, um, I mean, Jordan's coming along as planned. You know, he came, got a late start to camp. Um, had, had, we, we put him in very slowly in that with some of his injuries that he had from the past. And, you know, we plan to play him like we did there in the game. And we'll see if he gets a little bit more um, playing time if there's less tight ends up. Yeah, and I think that's kind of key. You know, if you look at what Jordan Reed did in week one, he was the second highest rated offensive player from Pro Football Focus on the offense, but he only played 10 snaps. And so we saw this slow, methodical phasing in of Jordan Reed into the offense. If you remember his first week with the 49ers, he didn't even practice. They were just trying to get him in shape, right? And so you go out week one, and he does really, really well. Uh, It's only 10 plays. But he was impactful, and you saw the things that you wanted to see because the whole idea is this. Guess what? He still has it. He still has the hands. He still has the routes. He still has the frame and the speed. 
But does he have the longevity? Remember, injuries are a concern for this guy. So I, I love the way that they're just slowly phasing him in. I kind of wish he would have got more snaps. But he goes from 10 snaps. Now you're if Kittle's out, you're hoping he's in that 30 to 40 snap range. If Kittle's in, you're thinking kind of 10 to 15. Keep it kind of where it is. So I do think Kittle's going to play. Uh, I don't. I don't see any way the fact that he finished the second half on that knee. Um, he only missed one snap. That's it. One snap. Um, he's the toughest guy in the league. He played with a broken ankle last year. But I don't think you want to do lasting damage to the knee, especially against the Jets. Um, it, it, it's problematic. I get it. But here's a big reason why I don't think you have to force Kittle to play, which obviously nobody does anyway. It's because you're getting two guys back finally. Finally getting good injury news. Who knew that was a thing the 49ers could go through? But here's Kyle Shanahan talking about some good stuff. Same boat. You know, they both got into practice last week towards the end of the week. They both um, at least made us think about playing them on Sunday. Um, we didn't go with that. Today will be the first day I see both of them going full speed since last Friday. So um, I'm optimistic about it. I know they're going to get out there today, and hopefully they make it through and look good. And who is they? They is Ben Garland and Brandon Ayuk. And so you're talking about two very key problems. You go to the loss in week one. You can trace that back to run blocking at the center position. Grosu was incredible in pass protection, one of the highest grades. But in run, he didn't get the movement in the run game. That's not really who he is. Ben Garland is that guy. Uh, you go to the wide receiver position, I don't even need to talk about that. We all know how bad that was. So you bring in Brandon Ayuk, and they both got a full practice in today. With no setbacks. At least that's where we're at currently. So no setbacks for those two. So you're getting back two starters at two premium positions and two positions of need. So that's great. That's going to help the offense. And so if you can get Brandon Ayuk back, now again, we're putting our faith and trust and our savior grace mentality into a rookie wide receiver in the weirdest damn offseason that's ever happened in NFL history. Is it smart to do that? No. But he's the guy we got to have. You got to rely on him. So I think initially, you know, we brought in Mohamed Sanu. We just did a whole episode on that right yesterday. But the, the idea is this. So if you look at your starters, I think the very first play on offense, Brandon Ayuk is a starter. And you got Brandon Ayuk and you got Kendrick Bourne in your two wide receiver sets, your three wide receiver sets. You're going to bring in Trent Taylor. And I think you work Kendrick Bourne in. I don't think you work Dante Pettis in unless you have to. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, but you work Muhammad Sanu in and then Dante Pettis. I think that's the rotation. So you go, man, the number one guy at the very, very top of the list, Brandon Ayuk. Then you got Kendrick Bourne. Um, again, just focusing on outside. Then you've got Muhammad Sanu, then Dante Pettis. Those are your four outside guys. And you've got Trent Taylor. That is going to be your slot guy. And if you need an extra slot guy, you could put Pettis in there. Uh, he knows the position. But again, Pettis is your emergency guy. When you, you move him to the back. Yeah, we don't want more of Pettis. We don't need to see any more of him unless it's just dire straits, emergency status. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at. So, so if you want to say the wide receiver position is improving dramatically with the increased, uh, you know, you bring in Mohamed Sanu, that's a step up from Pettis. Uh, you bring in Brandon Ayuk, who's going to be back, even though he might be a little limited, it doesn't matter. If he gets 20 snaps and they're all on third down, I'm okay with that. Put him out there on third down. Um just let that guy get out there, give him one to two jet sweeps, get him to run one or two fly routes to loosen up the safety and back the safeties up, take one deep shot on a play-action post route with him. That's it. 
He's not a guy that needs to play every snap week one that he's out there. All right, you phase him in, but just that little added element, little bitty things, that's going to be key there. So again, both limited practices last week, but they were full go today. That's huge news. So now let's move on to roster moves. And oh my gosh, here we go. Number 27. Cost us week one. What did the 49ers do? I don't think they had really any option here. They call up from the practice squad, you know, um, number 27, Deontay Johnson. I don't like saying his name. I don't like saying his name because it pisses me off because I don't think he's a good football player and negative plays just surround this guy. He's he's a boomer bust player. That's just who he is. He either makes an interception, tip pass, whatever, or he gets burnt and he's nowhere even in the frame of the pass. So I hate that. I love consistency, and this guy, I, I think he's probably got an amazing attitude. I have nothing against him personally. Uh, I, I know I kind of joke around a lot, and people tease me about it, but whatever. He gets not elevated from the practice squad to the 53. Like, he is he's signed to a deal. So he gets a new deal. He gets a lot more money. He's on the 53 now, and so if they want to bump him back down to the practice squad, you have to go through waivers. Uh, he'd be cut because he's a veteran, but... That's okay. So he's part of the team. And if Akello can't go, if Akello doesn't clear concussion protocol, that your your starter, he's going to start. Number twenty seven is a starter for the 49ers. That's how bad it got. It got bad quick. So you know, FML. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It grosses me out, man. I'm going to be focusing when the defense is out there. I'm going to be focusing on Nick Bosa and that defensive line, Jordan Kinlaw or Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead. I'm just going to watch them. I'm not going to look at the peripheral. I'm not going to look at all 22. And thankfully, the NFL isn't given the all 22. I don't know what their deal is. Eventually, it'll come. They've been completely silent about it. Still, no games are available on Game Pass. So, um, no breakdowns on Patreon yet. But uh, be patient. As soon as I get it, it's yours. Um, I'm waking up early every morning. If it's up, I'll be recording at five o'clock in the morning. I'll get that out to you guys as soon as possible. So, uh, patience there, but also some other signings, the other key signing, uh, we made some practice squad additions. We'll talk about, but to the active roster. Okay. Cornerback Ken Webster, uh, off of the dolphins practice squad. This is how deep we have to go. We have to sign players, not off our own practice squad. Because we got people hurt there. We got to go to other teams' practice squad. Okay. Now, thankfully, you know, our defensive backs coach was with the Dolphins last year. So there's some familiarity there. And that's Ken Webster. He was a seventh round pick from the Patriots two years ago. Didn't really get playing time with the Patriots. They eventually cut him. Uh, the Dolphins pick him up. He started five games you know for the Patri for the dolphins last year so he got some play in time played relatively well he's a 511 202 corner super athletic 443 speed um he ran a 6.853 cone which is elite elite so major shifty cat like whatever 43 inch vertical again athleticism off the charts but this is a guy that you don't really want to put out there he hasn't played in this type of scheme yet but he's just going to be an emergency corner uh, that that's really all that he is going to play now in the five games that he started again we're talking about cornerback ken webster from the dolphins he was targeted 26 times and only allowed 15 receptions so uh, analytics wise he's pretty good i haven't been able to get into his film just yet but uh, i wanted to get this episode out there there's so many moving parts right now 57 percent completion percentage allowed only one touchdown and a 97.4 passer rating allowed when he is targeted so 
Is this guy going to come in and become a starter for us? No. But he is depth he, uh, at a position of major, major need, and he has a history with this coaching staff. So that's huge. He's somebody that's going to be able to come in and help if needed. <laughs> uh, you've got a body that you can put out there that's an NFL caliber athlete, and you're going to be fine. Now, again, you know, back to this thing. Who are you playing this week? You're playing the Jets. They have worse wide receivers than we do. Um, so this is the week of all weeks to have bad cornerbacks if you had to have them. So hopefully we get somebody back this week, whether that's Akello or Jason Ferret. Uh, I positive we'll get one of them back at least for week three against the Giants. Uh, hopefully one or two of them back, uh, both of them back for week four against the Eagles. So that's kind of where we're at. We also made two different practice squad signings. Um, cornerbacks, both of them, Brian Allen and Christian Angulu. So we'll have to kind of see what happens with them. If you know, we'll just have to see because these are guys you could elevate one of them this week just to get an extra body in there as well, depending on how they do at practice. So that's kind of that's where they are. Now let's jump into real quick. I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, my bookie, for making the 49ers rush possible. Uh, here's a quick word from them. Winning seasons return at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning seasons means survivor, super contest, squares, you name it, they have it at my bookie. And here's the deal. Whenever you're hitting on all of your parlays with your feet up on the couch, enjoying watching the 49ers win, of course, you get to trounce your rivals, brag about it, and make money. And that's what my bookie brings to us. And I love these guys. They've supported us for a long time. Uh, really do appreciate all they do. So here's the deal. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet, head over there. They've got live betting on championship futures. You want to put money down on if the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl, if they're going to win the NFC West, uh, how far they're going to go in the playoffs. All of those things and more are available at mybookie.ag. So it's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash, and again, use promo code 49ers and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today at mybookie.ag All right, let's jump into some defensive kind of chit-chat with week 1. Now, it's it's very easy to immediately just go with the whole man Things were really, really bad, and they were. Rightfully so, it was a bad game. Week 1 was a bad game. But there are a lot of positives that we get to take away. Um, there were a lot of positives. For instance, you got to start at the very, very top. Let's do that. The top graded players from week one, Nick Bosa, and it's not close. It's always not close because he's that damn good. Uh, he comes up with an 84.7. He had five total pressures, four, four hurries, one quarterback hit, five solo run stops, forced a fumble, even though we never got the fumble back. He was all over the place. Nick Bosa's as advertised. He's great. Now, the problem was he played 57 snaps, okay? 57 snaps is way too many snaps for a defensive end to be playing that's a pass rusher. It just doesn't work out well. And a big reason why that was is there were 82 offensive snaps for the Cardinals. Way too many third down conversions. Okay, and that's going to cause some major problems. Now, Fred Warner 
You know, he was asked just today, and this press conference just wrapped up about uh, 15 minutes before we hit record, but Fred Warner, they asked him, you know, what is it like with all those snaps? Uh, did that take a toll on you guys? And here's Fred Warner talking about the high snap rate in week one. Um, yeah, I mean, we did we did play a lot of snaps. Uh, I think we anticipated to play a lot of snaps, honestly. I mean, we knew it was going to be uh, that type of game, especially against the Cardinals. Um, you know, they're a great offense, and they stayed on the field. Um you know, for, for too long, and we needed to make sure we were getting off on third downs, but uh, just with the, the penalties and, um, you know, letting quarterback sneak through here and there, that's what kept them on the field. And so, obviously, when we play them next time, we got we got to be on our, on our, on our stuff, but, uh, you know, we're on to the Jets and uh, excited about the challenge that they present. And I think that's he hit the key there, why there were so many snaps. 82 is way too many. You're kind of expected anywhere in that 60 to kind of like 68 range is the average snaps per side in the NFL. Well, you get into the 70s, that's when you're kind of on red alert. But to get to 82, penalties, long third down conversions, sustained drives, this defense, no defense in the NFL is built to sustain that. The It's just too much. It's too much. So that was problematic. Drake Greenlaw, who came in as the Sam Backer, he only got 35 snaps, was the second highest player, 84.2. He was incredible. Got the tipped pass that led to the interception. Um, he was just all over the place. I have no clue in the world why Drake Greenlaw is not the starting Will Backer. Um, that goes to Quan Alexander, who played 80 snaps. Quan puts everything out there every play. There's no doubt about that. But he takes the worst angles of anybody on this team. And we kind of knew that before we got him, right? If you look at what Quan was back in Tampa Bay, missed tackles, uh, bad angles, but he just flies around like a bat out of hell, and he causes turnovers. That's what he does. He punched the ball out three times. None of those came back uh, for the 49ers turnover-wise, but it missed tackles all over the place. And, and just, you know, I just want to just highlight this one thing from these two players, okay? Quan Alexander was targeted four times in the passing game. He allowed four catches, 100% completion percentage. He also allowed 28 yards after the catch and a touchdown. For a 145.8 passer rating. You look at Dre Greenlaw. Guess what? Targeted three times. He allowed two catches and only allowed seven yards after the catch. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and one pass breakup for an interception. On the two catches that he did allow, they totaled four yards. A couple swing passes behind the line of scrimmage, and he went out there and made the play. So the strength of Quan Alexander is plays in the passing game because he's so fast. Drake Greenlaw's already superior, like he's past that. Drake Greenlaw had the highest coverage grade of anybody on either side of the ball uh, for the Cardinals or the 49ers. We got to get Drake Greenlaw more snaps. And so this is one of the things to watch. This is one of those position battles which Kyle Shanahan came out before the season and he said, look, no, it's Quan's job. There's no question about it. Well, you're going on four straight games of Quan back to the playoffs uh, to the Super Bowl week one, where he's one of the biggest liabilities on the field. So I'm not quite sure how long that's going to hold up. I think week two, uh, it's still going to be Fred Warner and Quan Alexander, and you just have Drake Greenlaw coming in on nickel. But eventually, if something doesn't change, you got to flip those guys because there's no doubt Drake Greenlaw is playing the best football of the linebacking core, and I'm including Fred Warner. 
That's just what it is. Drake, uh, Javon Kinlaw, the first round pick, pick number 14th overall. He played incredible. His stat sheet wasn't there, but he was a top three rookie uh, for any off- uh, any rookie <laughs> for the entire whatever from Pro Football Focus this year. Offense, defense, special teams. He ranked third uh, after week one. He had two pressures. He also had uh, one tackle and a solo run stop, but he just played on the other side of the offense the entire time. Uh, they couldn't block him. Uh, he was pushing his guy back nonstop. And so I, I get people want the instant reaction to the game. Why haven't we heard Ken Law's name? Guess what? Defense is a team sport. This guy did his job and then some. Um, he played in. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great: it, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason action. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Incredible. And again, you know, I alluded to this yesterday, but I'll be honest. The people barking up the man, we need DeForest Buckner tree. DeForest Buckner didn't register one pressure in the Colts loss. Not one. And he played twice as many snaps. Kinlaw only played 39. So he played right at 50%. Um, I think you'll slowly start to see that uptick, um, you know, right just past 50%. You know, yeah, hopefully we don't play any more 82-snap games. That's not healthy for anybody. Uh, Fred Warner finished fourth, and then Richard Sherman finished fifth uh, as far as best defenders. Now, only 18 players got snaps on defense. Let's go to the flip side, and we're going to see a common name at the very bottom with a 44.9 grade. Uh, 40s is... A bad, <laughs> it's bad. You don't want to be there. It's Solomon Thomas. Um, he made two huge key plays, but both of them were negated by penalties on other people. So Solomon Thomas ha- makes a couple flashes, but he even got the start. He got 40 snaps. Solomon Thomas, it, it's not a thing. It's not going to be a thing. Just like Dante Pettis, it's not a thing. It's not going to be a thing. Uh, I, I wish the best for the guy, but he's going to continue getting about half the snaps, but... He's a liability, a major liability. He graded subpar in every single category, period. Um, he made no statistical anything, no tackles, no assisted tackles, no anything, despite playing 40 snaps, um, no pressures, no anything. 
Jimmy Ward was the second worst graded player with a 46.5. Um, you know, a big reason why they kind of had him there. He had a missed tackle. Um, he gave up six receptions on six targets. And so, you know, just a, he, he didn't really contribute a lot there. So Jimmy Ward didn't have a good game. K1 Williams, his grade's low because of all the penalties. He made positive plays, um, only allowed 50% completion percentage, but he got hit with those penalties. Eric Armstead and D Ford, they round out the bottom with Quan Alexander. So, you know, you step back, you look at the defensive kind of as a whole. It wasn't great. They didn't make the adjustments. You got to put a lot of that on Robert Sala. You have to. You got to spy the quarterback. <laughs> or you got to take away their number one wide receiver. You didn't do either. And you allowed the quarterback to run free all game. And then you allowed their number one wide receiver, who's the best in the game, in my opinion, to go free all game. You can't do those things. Take away their best plays. Don't allow them to highlight them as things go on and on. So, you know, the Robert Sala stuff, I, I love him. I'm really, really glad he's our coach. I think he's a great coach. Eventually he will be in HC. But it was a rather poor game for defensive adjustments. So we're going to bury that. Okay, we're done with the defensive game. We'll get through some of these questions. Um, but, you know, there is one more thing that I, I really, really liked and I wanted to highlight, and that's Raheem Mostert. Okay, I know we're going to talk about defense and things like that, but, you know, Raheem Mostert's willing to not see his kid be born for the team. That's his commitment to this team. Well, it's finally week. It's the week to uh, for baby Mostert to be born. Hopefully everything goes well. And so what I wanted to do here is, you know, they asked you know, what's going to happen. So it looks like Raheem Mostert's going to be able to go see his baby be born and be back without the COVID testing because they got help from another team, and I'm pretty excited about that. He's just grown in every aspect. He just he gets better and better the more opportunities he gets. Um, got a real good opportunity on that look um, Sunday and did what he was capable of, and that was a house call, so it was awesome. Also did a good job in some other areas too. But with the birth of his daughter, you know, I'm happy it works out for everyone. We'll see how it goes. It hasn't happened yet, so you never know. Um, but it sounds you're always worried with the COVID testing and all that, but it sounds like we'll be able to work it out, get him the testing he needs, and um, get him to Cleveland to see the birth. So the NFL and their protocol basically says if you leave the team and if you leave your home and you go somewhere else, you have to come back, take your test, Wait three days for the, you know, it to show negative, no symptoms, whatever. Then you can start practicing again. Well, they allowed an exemption in this case because he's going to get tested in Cleveland, and that's going to count for his thing. So he, whenever he comes back, he doesn't have to wait a whole nother three days, which is huge. So depending on which day his daughter is born, there's a great chance he will not miss any time, and that's huge. I love football more than anybody, okay? It, literally. I've never met somebody that likes football more than me. Family and the birth of your children, that's got to take priority over these things. It just does. And so I love the fact that the coaching staff, Raheem Mostert, the NFL, everybody is kind of adapting to help this guy achieve and be part of this because that's huge. And Raheem Mostert's as good a dude out there uh, as there is. Uh, just an awesome human being, so I love that. Uh, so shout out to him. Very excited. Hopefully he doesn't miss a game time. Uh, man, it, 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 planning, I'll say this, and I've experienced this firsthand, and as coaches, you literally have to plan when babies can be born because a baby being born during football season, it's 
I've seen it. It doesn't go well. <laughs> it's bad for everybody involved. Um, again, I was coaching high school football in Texas. I had a bed in my office, and I slept in there at least twice a week during the season because it's just the demands of the job. It's just what it is. And so you want to add that into bringing a newborn, helping the wife and the family. Man, that, that is it's chaos. So uh, best of luck to the Mostert family. They deserve the world. I, I hope it goes well for them. Now, here's what I want to do next. I'm pretty excited about this one. This is, you know, I've been asking you guys to leave five-star reviews wherever you listen to your podcast and your story about how you became into the faithful. And we've got a story today from one of our countdown crew. We'll just call her A, and it's a girl. And so I appreciate it. The women, the faithful, I freaking love it. Absolutely incredible. And this story, uh, I love it, man. Every, every time I read these stories, thank you so much for everybody that shares. I'm, I'm trying to get to as many as I can. And hopefully you'll go leave your story, and we can share that with the faithful as well. But, man, it just pumps me up, man. It gets me excited. Because this community is awesome. I freaking love the faithful. It's more than just watching football. It's exactly that. It is the faithful community. Here we go. This is from A. Uh, she says, I was born and raised in the Bay, but never watched sports too much. Um, then was when I was around 14 or 15, I found myself in a crowded pub somewhere in Berkeley with wall-to-wall flat screens playing the 2011 divisional playoffs with Alex Smith. Man, um, yeah, I, I remember this game. Awesome. Uh, the pub was packed with red and gold T-shirts, and the air was filled with trash talk, the smell of fried food. That's huge from a Texas guy. Um, watching the team edge out the Saints along with a crowd full of emotional fans was an experience I'll never forget. Now, of course, they lose the next game in the NFC Championship, but it didn't matter. I knew I'd never miss another kickoff. It's nine years later, and I've watched every game. Didn't mind the long stretches with losing records since I learned early on part of the faithful, being part of the faithful means being there when we pummel the Packers and when we watch Mahomes steal our thunder. Love your podcast. Appreciate your legendary analysis. Oh, I like that. Uh, P.S. Um, I am one of the select few ladies who's part of the Countdown crew. Just so you know, we're out there. Well, I cannot say thank you enough. That is incredible. Uh, sharing your story uh, with us. It just gets me pumped up. You know, being born and raised in Dallas, I've been around the fairest weather fans in the world. Uh, Dallas Cowboy fans are trash. I'm sure there's some great ones. There's no doubt about that. But I've been around that. You know, I moved to California with my family, and it's different. It's just a different fan base. Do we have our whiners? Of course. Every fan base does. But the faithful understands to back their team. And I think that's huge. I really, really do. Um, so here we go. Let's get through some questions. Um, the people that added me at John Chapman, wherever you're listening, let's talk through some of these things real quick. Um, from J Cord, uh, I, let's see here. I, I hope you get paid some way, somehow with this podcast. Love it, man. Keep it up. Cheers. Thank you, J Corn. Yeah, we make a little bit uh, with the ads that we run and things like that. It's not near enough for the time you put into it, but we do this because it's awesome. And and I say we. It's not just me. There's a lot of people behind the scenes uh, from website development to cutting up uh, you know things. I can't say enough about Juan Salas, who that dude just, he cranks out so much content, and he helps me and motivates me. He's a hard worker. You ever need a film editor, 
um, you know, paid position. This guy needs to be paid because he is incredible, uh, the work that he does. It's professional work. And so if you need somebody to help you with film cut-ups and things like that, hit me up. Juan Salas is your guy. I'll make the connection because the dude is just a beast. Um, but the faithful team, you know, the 49ers rush team is great. Uh, Lewis, I love it. Got my 49ers Rush podcast t-shirt. Thanks. Uh, Luis was the winner of last month's countdown crew. So whenever you see all those hashtag CCs, we just give stuff away every single month. Um, it, it's what it is. Uh, from Sir Malo, can we activate, activate Juwan Jennings? Yes, we can, but they won't. One, because they can just stash him. Two, because he only plays the slot. So our slot's fine right now because we have Trent Taylor, okay, and Dante Pettis there if you need be. Richie James was there, but now Pettis can kind of show that. So Jawan Jennings is not ready to help this team yet. Um, I would not be shocked if something did happen um, to Trent Taylor, which I don't want to happen, if Jawan Jennings did get called up, but it, he's just not at that point yet. Again, his seventh-round draft pick, making a huge transition to a new offense, rookie year. It's pretty rough to make this as a slot wide receiver anyway. And so it just, we need some time. I will tell you one area where Jawan Jennings would help though. And that's the red zone <laughs> where the 49ers are struggling. They have struggled uh, since Kyle Shanahan showed up and they were awful, awful um, in week one in the red zone. So you got to get some touchdowns. Uh, I love that. I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing where's Jawan Jennings, all those different things. Uh, awesome. Uh, let's see here real quick. A couple other things. Did Colton McKivitz play the old line week one? He did not. He did not get a snap on offense. So Colton McKivitz, the longer it takes for him to get in, probably the better. Um, you know, you want him in that right guard spot or tackle spot eventually. But I guarantee you this. If one guard goes down or he's in there, that that's his spot. Tackle is going to be Justin School getting first crack at it, but if Justin School struggles, then I think you'd see Colton McKivitz, uh, the fifth round pick out of West Virginia, get in there. Eventually, he's going to be back on there. Thank you, JL. I, I see you share <laughs> my sense with uh, Dante Johnson, number 27. That hurts. I, I appreciate everybody reaching out to me and make sure I'm okay as soon as he got elevated. Uh, that was freaking hilarious. Uh, just all the people uh, reaching out to me. That makes me happy. It Let's me know that I am loved. Um, Michael, Brandon Ayuk is now healthy. Yes, he is. Um, he should be fine. If you got a full practice in on a Wednesday, which is where we are when we're recording this, he's going to be fine as long as there's no more hiccups. Um, as long as there's no more hiccups. Uh, that's kind of the big one. So um, other than that, we're not activating Juwan Jennings. I'm seeing a lot of that in there. That is not happening. But uh, hopefully now... We're kind of caught up with where things are. And, you know, I'm going to keep trying to find the freaking uh, all 22 when the NFL gets off its freaking lazy butt. I don't know what's going on there, but whatever. I'll get that to you guys, uh, my Patreon um, stuff, and it, we'll get that out. Now, I will say this. I'm going to go to work on the Jets film, and that's what I will be spending the next day on. We will not have an episode out tomorrow, but Friday or Saturday we'll have our full scouting report, offense, defense, predictions, bets of the week, all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. That's going to be out in the next couple of days. I really do appreciate everybody. And, again, go leave a review wherever you listen. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. We need you guys with us. Love you guys. You are incredible. And until next time, Stay strong, faithful.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.